Good morning, church. Um, they asked me, they said, hey, uh, it may be bad weather. Now, first of all, I got it. Let me just back up. How many of y'all have a little bit of teenager left in you? And if there's snow, you're going to see if it's slippery. Raise your hands. Those are my people. So I'm really not intimidated by it, but it was nice. They were like, do you, do you want to not come? And I'm like, I'll do whatever you want, but I'm fine with coming. And I have a chocolate lab. I could just kind of put him on front of the truck and let it pull me home. And, uh, it, it, you know, we were making jokes, but I love this church. And the same reason you're here is the same reason I am. There's something about Southwest. I'm so honored to be able to, to be here. And if you're at home drinking coffee and watching this, we are so glad that you're part of this family as well. Brian, um, can I tell the church something? This is going to be on tape forever. I'm wearing Brian's microphone. And I've been wanting to do this for the last couple of weeks. So I made the sound guys take a picture as if I was licking it. And uh, <clears throat> if you would help me out, just like, Brian, what's that smell? It smells like coffee. And uh, that would be wonderful to do. So um, again, March 2nd through 3rd. When you talk about sharing Jesus, man, I love it. We, we didn't even plan this. Doyle, did we talk about this this morning? No, not at all. And I just want one, thanks. Um, when he said you don't have to be like anybody else, you just have to be yourself. I believe this is one of the greatest moments of evangelism in our time. Now, since y'all are here on a snowy day, you know evangelism is outreach. These are our people. I mean, we're here, and we love to be here. And if you're a guest with us, and you're like, hey, I'm going to do donuts in the parking lot afterwards, and there's not very many people in this parking lot, welcome. We'll give you a cup of coffee before you do that. But we are so glad that you're with us, and we're glad that you're listening online, because I believe this is a great opportunity to bring people who don't know Jesus, or maybe have this outside view of Jesus, or maybe have drifted away from Jesus, to come back and to be a part of God's people. There's a lot of confusion out there, and the only thing that seems to make sense to me is to have a real, authentic, growing relationship with Jesus. It doesn't take a political position. It doesn't take a morality position. It doesn't take a north or south position. It just, the program is a person, amen? Jesus is the reason for the hope that's within us. This last song that we sang is uh, pretty special to me because when you, you sing this song, build your kingdom here and heal our streets and land, you're probably thinking, yes, heal our streets and land. The first time I heard this song, Wren Collective was playing it at a conference that I worked at, and they're pretty, just let's just say, exciting group. They have a bunch of instruments. They're instrumental, and they're from Ireland, and so their instruments, some of them, I swear, looked homemade, okay? They bounce up and down. Everybody's clapping. We're like, yes, heal our land, and our United States people are sitting there going, yes, that's what we need, but then the leader of Ring Collective, I can't recall his name at the moment, and remember what goes on in Ireland. There's a real shooting war sometimes with people who don't follow the same religious type of affiliation. So when they're talking about heal our streets and land, they mean it for real. But the thing that caught my attention at the very end, everybody's just sweating because they're up, just jumping up and down, and, and, and the worship is just like crazy and he stops the band and everything, and he, goes, he says this to the American church, worship is not supposed to draw us into the building, but to kick us out. Yeah, that's what we did. We started clapping, going, I never thought about this. Because some, I mean, y'all have great worship. I'm sitting next to a bass. 
We were singing all kinds of songs and, and parts that don't exist, okay? It's fun. I love singing. I love worship. I don't want to go to a church where it doesn't just like, it's like try, people. You know what I'm saying? I love our acapella tradition. But when you don't try it acapella, you're like going, this is killing my soul. I get it. But our job is not to draw people into our buildings, but to kick us out into the streets so that people can meet Jesus. Oh, it was so convicting. So do you remember the peanut butter and jelly? Here's what I want you to do just for a moment. And if you're at home, in front of your fireplace, talk to the person next to you. And if you don't have anybody with you right now, talk to your dog. Um, If you have a cat, just ignore this conversation. So here's the challenge I gave you last week. That is a joke. If you have any problems with my sermon today, Doyle Quarter at Southwest Church Christ. This is the challenge I gave you last week. And if you, I'm not going to re-preach that, so hopefully go back and, and see what peanut butter and jelly are all about. But I want you to respond to the prompting. Can you take just a moment with the people around you? Did you have a prompting from the Holy Spirit of God and did you engage? Go ahead and talk. I'll wait. Talk to each other. This is Participation Sunday. Got a lot of hand heads doing this. That's good. Now, I just ask you to listen to the prompt. I'm not going to ask you whether you responded to it, but how many of y'all, when, when you started being attentive, you're like, I think God wants me to do something. Raise your hand. Raise your hand high so everybody can see it. Thank you. You didn't just become a charismatic. That's normative for the church. We receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and he will lead you into all truth. Isn't that not what he said? It's what our Father told us. So let's listen one more time to the Great Commission. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make what? Go and make what? That's a messy from last week. We're not just making converts. It's not just transactional. Jesus does a transactional. We have a message, as was reminded during our communion, of a transformative relationship. That was a moving communion service. The fear that God had that we would not be with God, that joy set before him, that's an incredible relationship. That transforms us. It just doesn't provide fire insurance for hell. It, right now, transforms the way we live life. Amen? And that's impressive. So we make disciples in all of this mess, in all of our imperfection. I love the way you said it. Maybe I'm learning. There was not very many chuckles, so they like you. Um, Maybe we're learning something as we're growing older. That's called righteousness. And we're not perfect at it, but we're aiming for that because of our relationship. We're going to baptize him in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I'm with you always. Oh, I love that. To the very end of the age. Now, to jump into some very simple things that I want to help us as we move towards March 2nd. I want you to look at this PowerPoint slide. How many of y'all see it moving? It's not. Our brain does that. Our brain is trying to order all of that chaos. And I use this a lot with athletes to to teach the idea of focus. Because it does something very strange. Again, there's no movement on this slide. But when you look at any black dot, 
stare at any black dot, what happens around it? Everything stops. Everything stops. Now again, look at the whole picture. You see it moving. Now look at any one of those five black dots. It focuses in. It focuses in. It focuses in. I'm going to share just three things with you that help when we talk about evangelism, the pressure of going into all the world and make disciples. Everything is spinning. Let's make it very, very simple of what we're talking about. Number one is this. Stop talking and take responsibility. Now, I'm a preacher. This is what I do, but it's not just my job. We're all supposed to do something. And we'll see that a little bit later. We're all supposed to be involved in this. That doesn't mean that you have to have a theological education. It doesn't mean that you have to be a church leader. You just have to be you, as Jesus said, salt and light in a rotten and dark world. And I promise you, people will ask you, what's up with you? You have a great opportunity. Why are you here this morning? I'm pretty sure people in this auditorium aren't here because if you don't show up to church, there will be an attendance taken on that great day and you don't want an absent mark. You know that's not true. You're here for the reason that Hebrews tells us, why don't we forsake the assembly because we encourage each other as the day approaches, right? It's good to be with you. It is good to be with you. And why is it good? Because of that transformative relationship Jesus has given us. And when I heard your communion today, I mean, this is totally unscripted. I'm like, I want what he has. I want something that moves me down here, that kind of relationship. And I am convinced that's what the world wants. So let's stop talking about it and take responsibility for the people in my life. Remember this verse from last week. We're going to revisit it. Mark 6. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had, what's that word? compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd so he began teaching them many things now Jesus had a platform you know he he was the teacher but my question is and here's the challenge do we notice the people around us we do we pray for the people around us do we do we pray for an opportunity and do we respond to that that's the challenge here that's the next slide do we challenge do we notice And then do we pray, and then do we respond? Not with this idea of, do you know if Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior? No, don't start with the cell. Why don't you do some of these things? Look at the house. So number one is look up and empathize. Just look up when you're in a line instead of just being on your phone. Just look up. Do something weird. This is really odd in our world today and very outreach-oriented. Just kind of lift your hand and go, how are you doing today? Try that. People don't do that anymore. It freaks them out. You're in a Starbucks line. For some reason, everybody's just like, I'm going to go buy a $5,000 cup of coffee. You're in line. Turn around and just say, how are you today? And they'll look at you like, why are you talking to me? It's a great day. They're like, are you trying to sell me some kind of product? No, I, I just, just having a good day. Try saying thank you and you're welcome. Look up and then empathize at different individuals. The other day I had a really weird experience that there was a guy that I've seen walking up and down my streets and now he was in my Starbucks. And I almost walked by him. I'm like going, oh my word, what's going on? Are you trying to scope me out? Are you going to break into my truck? I mean, those are those dark things. Then I walked up to him and said, hey, uh, 
Hi, how are you? It's good to see you. My name's Dave. And he went, he was shocked, first of all, that somebody would talk to him. And then we began to visit. And then the lady behind the counter goes, that's my boyfriend, Dr. Fraze. And I'm like, well, welcome. So now we have that connection just to look up and empathize. But it was so easy to do what? Walk by. Jesus had a story about that too. It's called the Good Samaritan. Don't have enough time. Next one. Join God in his work. Very loaded word. You see that picture below the how is just a random picture out of an airplane at night. And as someone who's been involved in just kind of trying to push the kingdom forward for most of my life, I'm, I'm looking at this thinking I get overwhelmed when I go somewhere to speak and I see all those lights. And I'm like, how many of those people don't know Jesus? How, you know, what can we do about it? Has anybody ever felt just kind of like so overloaded? And that, that's fine. God's doing work in little pockets right there because God's God. But sometimes I just need to think my work for today, church, is this Southwest. Because this is where God's working this morning and where I can join in the work. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I have classes. Hopefully they're canceled. Sorry, Dean. Um, you know, but I mean, there's, there, there's opportunities that we have every single day. And God is working in all those areas, perhaps. If we looked up and empathized, we could look into these people's eyes going, maybe this is that Philip and Ethiopian eunuch moment. Maybe God's using you. That's all we got to do, the peanut butter and jelly. I feel like I need to reach out. It's not to do the Jesus show. It's to be Jesus. Just notice them. Because that's what we see Jesus doing throughout the scripture. And the last thing, the whole thing has to be bathed in prayer. The whole thing, as we talked about last week, break my heart for what breaks yours. Years ago, there was a guy, Isaiah, he was in our football team. He was a nose guard. We gave him the nickname Pudge. I don't think he liked it. Isaiah was the oldest of the Johnson boys. And I got a call one Thanksgiving from one of the coaches, and it was funny. His name's Jake Johnson. I hope he's hearing this. He's a head coach now for Millsap. Huge dude from Georgia, and he comes down here in Texas to coach Texas high school football, and he calls me during the Thanksgiving break, and he goes, Coach Fraze. And I'm like, yes, sir. He goes, Isaiah accepted Jesus. We've got to get him baptized. And I'm like, Okay. So I'm sitting here in a very public school, after hours, no Title IX was broken. Don't look at me that way, Doyle. And so here we are, I'm having a conversation with three kids. One of them right now is going into mission work. Another one is play, is, uh, it was involved in college, you know, all kinds of stuff with the FCA. The other one, Isaiah, is just living his life. And Isaiah Pudge starts showing up to youth group. My wife and I start taking him to church. And he has a little brother, Shamar. And he has another friend. And we start taking them to church. They started coming to youth group. They started coming to camp. Look at this next photo. Those two kids over there, it's in middle school. I had a soul patch. You can actually see it because it had a different color on it. It's not just white. And there's one of those players involved with the senior night. Next slide. And he'll play in the Super Bowl today. That's Rasheed Rice. And he'll call this afternoon and we'll pray. I, that's weird. He's just Rasheed. 
But it all started because Isaiah and where he lived in his family and Rashid lived with his grandparents just looked up. Do y'all want to go to church? After a while, after being involved, one thing led to another and he was baptized into Christ after summer camp. Go back to that design again. Things get so crazy, but that wasn't, that wasn't difficult. You just stop talking and take responsibility. You look up and look around and say, okay, I, I can't do anything about all the lights outside the plane, but I know this kid, and I know this kid. I, I know this family. I know this family. Where has God put you? Where is God working in your midst? And pray about an opportunity. Let's go back to these verses again. The next point, dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and, and urge you as foreigners and exiles. Funny enough, those are the same words used of the Israelites when they were coming out of Egypt. Do you realize that we are foreigners, we're exiles, we're moving to some other place. This world is not my home. I'm. Thank you. This is a church. S- abstain from sinful desires which weigh against your soul. Live such good lives, and there's that word, among the pagans. And don't be offended if you're not a follower of God and you're hearing us say that because we are, without Christ, we're lost. But, but th- this is, live such good life among the people. And we've talked about this before, and you do this great as a church to show love and to share Jesus. You've got to live among them. You've got to, again, have that empathy and look and pray for opportunity. Though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds, the light and the salt, and glorify God on the day he visits us. They'll get it so they won't be separated. Further on, he says this in 1 Peter 3. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give. Here it is. Say it with me. Reason for the hope that you have. Our hope is in who? It's a person. It's a person. It's a person. Anyone in here can share that. And if you think you have any hope apart from Christ, you've got to take it up with the Apostle Paul that said, if you believe that you have anything to offer God, you're basically saying Christ died needlessly. That's awful. We are everything we are for the reason of the hope that we have. Do this with gentleness and respect. Not a political platform, not a Facebook post, not a finger in the face. Gentleness and respect. It's pulling somebody aside saying, man, you don't look like you're very happy today. Can, can we have some coffee? And they're like, who are you? Well, I work over here with you. I just noticed, are you all right? In that gentleness and respect and the difference of communication that people of God have with the world becomes very attractive. Would you agree? So that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. So this, go with me on this one. Here's the next point I want you to consider. Stop inviting people to church. Seems kind of counterproductive, doesn't it? Remember I said they know we're counting. We, we take role. We want to know what's going on, and that is one measurement. But I'm afraid we become what we measure. And as someone being involved for over 35 years, if you measure the wrong things, you begin to attract the wrong things. You begin to think you're growing because people are coming from other churches because they like your worship better. 
You think we have growth because we have some more families move in. We're talking about the worship that kicks us out and draws us back in. Are people drawn to our lifestyle? We need to stop inviting people to church. Here's the challenge. Invite them into a conversation. Then church. Just get to know your neighbor. Get to know the people around you. Because I'm telling you, today in our world, if we approach them with a flyer, hey, it's Easter coming up, I know you, and all those things may be fine. But how many flyers do you get at your church, do do your mailbox before Easter? How many buy this do you get in your mailbox or in your inbox or on Facebook or on Twitter or Snap? All of these advertising, I mean, what's the deal with all that? Because you usually do what? You throw it in the trash. But if I get an advertisement from some churches where I know the preachers, I'm like, oh, I wonder if I can break away from what I'm doing to go watch that. Because there's a what? A relationship. Invite people into a conversation, then invite them into church. Well, how do we do that? Here it is. First of all, coffee's from the Lord. Have some of that. Ask questions. I talk too much. I know that seems very odd to some of you. It's fun to ask people, hey, so what's the deal? Why are you in Amarillo? And just be quiet and listen. Places like Amarillo and Lubbock, y'all know this from the plains. You either have two or three generations here, or you lived here a long time and your kids have gone to school, or you find yourself here. And if you find yourself here, sometimes some of us who've lived here a while aren't necessarily that friendly because we got to make them out first. Where are you from? What are you going to do? If you're from California, move on. (laughs) Sorry, you're from California. That's just in the news, right? Get to know people. Ask questions. Honor their starting point. Brian had a great sermon from Acts 17 where Paul actually honored the starting point of the people in Athens. He used the words of a guy named Epitomes, who history tells us probably is the one who originated all of these idols in the unknown God back in 600 BCE. And he uses the words. And Epitomes is actually, it's funny, you look at his quote and he's saying, do you really think Zeus is in the grave? He's immortal. He's actually telling people, you think uh, Zeus is immortal? Guess what? I'm talking about this other person. He never mentioned the word of Jesus, but he connected Jesus and Zeus. He said, this is the one with real power. The man God has walked among you. And he dropped the mic and he walked away. He wasn't browbeating him. He was talking to them in a way they could understand and honoring their starting point. And then, guys, give time. Please give time. That whole relationship that that you saw with that family, it's pretty amazing from point A to point B, but that's almost 10 plus years. That's a decade of just relationship. The seed is also responsible for growing. It's not my job to close the deal. It's my job to share the story. It's my job to share the passion. It's my job to say, man, I, I'm just telling you, I, I just, I want you to know this Jesus. Is it a reality that there's a heaven and hell? Absolutely. Should it encourage us to share that all the more? Absolutely. But you got to give it time because you can't take a person's choice away. They have to bring their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then last with that, that, then invite them 
to your home, this church, this place. If you're listening and you're like, what's Southwest and you didn't want to get out and you're just watching, welcome. If you are a visitor today, hopefully you see there's a difference. This is a warm place. It feels like family. And I know a lot of us have relationships. Some of us have known things way too long about each other. But it feels like home here. And that's why you would get out on a day like today and say, I want to go see my family. Then you invite them. Look at the drawing again. That's pretty simple, isn't it? You just relationship. You have a cup of coffee, you ask a question, and everything kind of spins around, and you're present, and it's like Jesus is visiting with the people, because you're, you're an ambassador. We are people of God, so I'm showing concern, and for a moment, the world stops spinning, and you're just there and being a present. Then they start asking questions. You're like, hey, why don't you come to church with me? When that happens, I want you to look at this next slide, greeting. I don't my, my father, um, he had about 400 people at his service when he passed away. I was 22 years old. And the amazing thing about that man is he wasn't a very good speaker, okay? Uh, first class I ever taught was a senior adult class, and uh, he let me teach one when I was like 14, and that was fun. Um, but he, he was such an authentic man. And I've never seen this before or after that there was a guy when he was in uh, ICU, there's a guy that came to the church. I, I was with my dad and our family. I was living in love at the time, but we were all there in Louisville just waiting for him to pass. And that Sunday, a guy came forward. Nobody knew him. He said on the front row, he said, I want to get baptized. They're like, what are you doing? I mean, I, I mean that's cool. We're going to do it. But why did you come to this decision? And I loved what he said. And it's kind of become part of the legend of Henry Fraze. He said, when I met Henry Fraze and he welcomed me, I knew this is where I wanted to be. So please hear me. I, I, we need to welcome well. We need somebody to shake you and look in the eye and say, I, I see you, and then recognize when you're not here. We all want that in our world today. My dad did that so well. So an authentic engagement, we cannot assume anything. You don't assume anything. This is, you know, Doyle, I'm going to say this, and he knows this true. Everybody knows this true. He's involved in church ministry. Um, for the most part, we use the same type of backdrops, we use the same type of music, we use the same type of screens. You're going to, get, you're going to look the same way when you walk in, and people are going to give you a, a bulletin if you want paper, or we're going to go online, and you can give online, or you can give at the back. And you, We're all doing the same thing. It's not the mechanics I'm talking about. It's that unspoken authenticity where we actually want people here. Just for fun, every once in a while, my wife and I walk into places. Uh, my wife loves to do it um, and to see if anybody talks to her. Just to walk in. And that sounds so judgmental, but we've been doing this so long. We're like, let's see how this church is. So we just walk in and sit down somewhere. And sometimes you get this look like, you don't know where you sat. This is really odd. My great-grandmother bought this pew and the blood of my grandfather is on these walls. <laughs> and you're like, uh, you want me to scoot over or leave? At some of the, you know, 
uh, well, can't say it's being recorded. At some of our churches, you can walk in and you see the greeters talking to each other and you can walk right by and no one ever says hi to you because they're busy catching up. At, at, at some churches, you walk in and if you're a little bit late, you don't even know what to do because everybody's not here and there's nobody out there and you're like, what's, what's going on? Now security will always find you. I, I was, uh, I, for the last 20 years, I've been going to a church in Neosho, Missouri. And it's crazy because they, they have these huge rallies, which are kind of an oddity in our world today, almost a thousand kids. And it's in the middle of Neosho, Missouri. And the first time I went about 20 years ago, nobody knew who I was. And I just kind of popped in and I uh, was trying to set up my PowerPoint because I was supposed to speak that night. And they're like, excuse me, sir, you can't come in. Nobody knew. They didn't put a picture on the poster. I'm like, this is going to be fun. Okay. And I kept trying every entrance. Like, you, you can't come in. Can't come in. Finally, the guy who invited me to speak, I, I go in and I set everything up. And man, I'm having so much fun with the security guys. To this day, I stole a security shirt, bright orange. And every time I go back, I wear it and say, welcome. I'm going to walk wherever I want. Just playing. We got to have security. Security always does well. But we can't assume anything. Years ago, the church I was working at, we were trying to figure out, okay, what do we do with, you know, trying to explain how we do church stuff. And, you know, there's a big debate. Is church for us or is it for seekers? But somewhere there has to be a happy medium, right? Well, so we invited those uh, shoppers, you know, disguised shoppers. Would you just come to our church and tell us what you, what you want to do? And not all of them were from the Church of Christ tradition. And we got to communion. This was great. They're like, we didn't know what to do with our cups. COVID fixed that for us, right? But right now we're like, we don't know what to do. How much of that cracker do you take? So one of them had the whole thing set in the back. People were looking at him like they were a glutton. They're like, we got weird stairs. We don't know what to do with the cracker. So we started leading people. We started telling them and, and saying, this is, this is why we do what we do. And it led to some really cool authentic engagement. Even at the very end when we had prayer time. Y'all do this already. Because in a moment, I'll ask the elders just to stand up. And, and I'm able to see, and you're able to see, and Brian's able to say, or Doyle, whoever, hey, go to these places. These people just want to pray for you. That's a great thing to do. Because coming forward as we stand and sing, some of y'all are having post-traumatic stress disorder as I say that. It's a great thing. But if I'm somebody who's non-church, what does that mean? And we'll meet you there. Because if I ain't standing there, I ain't coming up. Because what do I do when I just walk up? We don't know what to do. So great that we actually don't assume very much when you're a church like this. So here's what I want to leave you with. Here's the challenge. Somebody know who that is? Where's all my Star Trek geeks? Star Wars? That's a divide right there. That's a north-south peanut butter whatever that is. Okay, so go for the peanut butter. Anytime he raises his hand, what does he say? Engage. Let's make it so, number one. But he says, I have a false prophet among us, dual quarter. <laughs> Engage. Really, that's what it's about. You don't need a program. The program's going to help you with all these things. You're going to be able to see the, the spinning stop and say, that's what I can do. 
This is how I can be. This is how I can share. This is how I can be authentic. All of those tools will help you. But at the end of the day, what we're talking about is responding to promptings. Stop talking and taking responsibility. That we would notice and pray uh, those who are around us to, to, to invite them into a conversation before inviting them to church to just engage so we can share Jesus with a world that so desperately needs him right now. So let's stand together. Elders, take your place. Maybe this morning you need to spend some time in prayer. And if you're with us, even if you're not a member here, you're like, man, I just, I want to pray with someone about things going on in your life. This is a good church. These are good people. And you can take those matters to the Lord if you have any questions. And I also say about the people here next to you, uh, part of an authentic engagement is to realize you're part of a place that's authentic and they really want to get to know you. They don't leave the auditorium very fast. So church, here's a challenge for all of us today. And I know some of you need to get back because you're like, if, if it's snowing, I can only do donuts so long. I get that. But if somebody's running out the back, do me a favor and stop them and at least shake their hand. It'll warm them up before they go outside, right? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much. In that picture of blood <laughs> shed out of fear that someone would not be in a relationship, that Jesus would not be in a relationship with you, Father, that is, that's a powerful image. Father, would you break our heart for what breaks yours? Would you let us right now see faces of people that we love? Would you let us see through other people's eyes what they see if they walk through these doors? And Father, let us engage and not sit on the sidelines. It's not Doyle's job. It's not my job. It's not Brian's job. It is our job to be your people in a world that so desperately needs to call your children back to you. Through Jesus, we all say, amen.